The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. All right, praise God. How many people have been having a great time so far? Word wave. Praise God. You know, it's so soothing, it's so refreshing, you know, to keep reminding ourselves of these foundational truths, you know, that have established us in our walk with Christ. Hallelujah. And for people who maybe are just recently or in recent times gave their lives to Christ, I'm here to tell you that the word of God that you've been exposed to in these past weeks, you know, will transform you and take you to that next level that you desire in God in Jesus' name. Praise God. So today I will be talking on a topic, you know, if you have your manual, if you're registered, I'm sure you will get a copy of the manual, you know, and I'll be talking today on the foundation of faith. Praise God. The foundation of what? The foundation of what? Praise God. So the Bible tells us in four different places, it says that the just shall live by what? By faith, the just shall live by faith. And if you have been following the teachings we've been taking for the past two weeks, we've tried or we have established the fact that, you know, for as many people as have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they've been translated into the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. So we are no longer sinners, all right? We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How many righteous people do I have in the house? Praise God. So I'm here to tell us in today's class, that the righteous according to the word of God shall live by faith so if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior your mode of operation the basis or the substance of your living has translated from whatever it was before now to faith and so in the book of Romans 1:17, you will hear God say the just shall live by faith in Galatians 3.11, you will hear God say, the just shall live by faith. In the book of Hebrews 10.38, you will hear God say, the just shall live by faith. And in Hebrews 2.4, Habakkuk, sorry, Habakkuk 2.4, the scripture says, the just shall live by faith. Where I come from, I mean, I come from, I'm, I'm a Yoruba lady, and there's something they call Atenumo. When somebody says something over and over again, it is for what? For emphasis. So that you do not forget it. Why? Because that instruction is very important. So it's either the instruction is repeated many times or your name is called several times. Is that correct? Modupe. Modupe. Modupe, how many times did I call you? When they start asking you questions, what is about to come after that conversation is something you need to pay attention to. Are you following me? All right. So it is crucial from God's perspective that you and I that have confirmed Jesus as our Lord that we begin to live a life of faith. And so that is why today we are looking at what, what faith is. So we want to establish that foundation. Praise God. So let's quickly turn our Bibles to the book of Romans 10, 17. What exactly is this faith that we talk about? What exactly does it mean? Please project, project your theme. I would appreciate it if we... All right, so yes, we have it now. It says, and so faith comes what? Comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. 
So when we say that the righteous shall live by faith, what we are saying is the righteous shall live by that which comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So ultimately what God is saying or what God has said in those four scriptures we established earlier is that the righteous man will live by feeding on God's words. Are you following me? If we have seen in the book of Romans that the righteous, or sorry, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it simply means that a righteous man who is living by faith is only living or is primarily living by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. So the foundation of faith is primarily what? The word of God. It is what? Alright, so when we say you are living by faith, we are saying you are living by the word. But then you realize that the way a lot of believers live their lives is as if they live by something else. And somebody said something and which is very profound. He said, when you tell me or when you show me how you spend your time, then I can tell you what you find, what you consider valuable to you. So if I want to see how you live your life, I'm going to look at how you spend your time. So where your time goes to tells me what you're really living by. So some people live their lives by watching TV. Whether Africa Magic or Telemundo or sports or whatever. The just shall not live by gisting. The just shall not live by gossip. The just shall not live by watching sports and keeping up to date with the latest trend. The just shall not live by Instagram. The just shall not live by social media. The just shall live by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you have not been living by the word of God, then we can question whether you are really alive. Hallelujah. So the just shall live by faith. And like I said, there are different things people expose themselves to other than the word of God. But I know that today that is going to change. Praise God. All right, so the outline for today says, since the word is the basis of supernatural living, we are going to introduce the word to you, the word of God to you. I mean, some people find the word of God boring. And that's why they don't spend time in it. So we are going to tell you the origin of the word the different faces of the word, the effect of living by the word, and also to help you create a consciousness of the integrity and the ability of God's word. A lot of times we don't do things because we don't believe in them. What you believe in, you will naturally do. Praise God. But today, faith is going to, be, is going to rise up in our hearts like never before in the name of Jesus. So we'll look at the origin of the word, the faces of the word, the different names of the word according to the scriptures. We're going to look at the prevailing word, the effects of the word, acting on the word, renewing the mind by the word, guarding your heart and the self-deluded. Amen. So starting with the origin of the word, we say here that words are the most common and powerful things on earth. They have been and forever will be. There is nothing that we see around us today that did not come from words. In fact, the current realities of your life are products of your words. Where you are today is a combination or is a result of the combination of the words that have been spoken to you and that you have spoken to yourself. 
So we understand from Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hallelujah. You will read the book of Genesis from um, Genesis chapter 1, when God was creating the heavens and the earth. You know, God just started speaking. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, let the firmament, let this, let that. God spoke the world into existence. And that goes on to tell us how powerful the word is. Hallelujah. So the sun that if each time you get out and you look at the sun, remember that God spoke that sun into existence. The next time you look at the stars, the next time you see the mountains, the next time you see nature around you, just remind yourself, God created these things by his words. And that shows you how powerful the word of God is. And if it is that powerful, the question is, so why are we not living by the word? The sun has been around for several years and it's not about to go. The stars have been around. The nature that we see around us have been existing for many years now. Thousands of years. It tells you that the word of God is everlasting. You know, sometimes when we say everlasting, forget even the, uh, the accent, eh? everlasting. We're saying it is everlasting. That is, it lasts forever. That means your word, words never die. Are you following me? The words that you speak never, never die. And that's why if you're a Yoruba person, permit me to say that. I mean, they say that words are like eggs. Once they come out, they are like broken eggs. You can never pack them and make them together. Can you, are you following me? All right, so words are very powerful, and so we need to pay attention to words. But how much more, if our words are important, how much more the words of God? So we are saying God's words stand out being the parent's words. His words are words that proceeded out of his mouth and they were words inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if you look at the scripture, you will realize that over 2,000 times the scripture said, and God said, or Jehovah said. And if it's, going, if it's repeated in the scriptures for over 2,000 times again, that means there is an emphasis there. God is speaking, God has spoken, and God will always speak. Hallelujah. So you and I need to understand that the word of God is a revelation of God's heart to humanity. Amen. So let's quickly turn our Bibles to Matthew 4, 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Some scriptures will be able to read. Some other scriptures you will have to go back home and look at yourself. And it was, you know, Matthew 4, 4 is um, at the point where Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, you know. And he said... You know, when the devil came and tempted him with food and all that, and Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So God is not saying that you should stop eating your food, okay? God is not saying you should stop eating that Chinese meal that you like or the pounded yam or whatever it is that is your favorite food. But he's saying you should live primarily based on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Then in Isaiah 55, 11, the Bible says that, so shall my word be, it shall not return to me void. Another translation says, it shall not return to me useless. It shall not return to me without fulfilling the purpose, without accomplishing the reason for which it was sent. Hallelujah. So God's word over you, God's word to us is never ever going to fail. 
God's promises towards you will never fail. Hallelujah. So the word of God comes from God himself and it is very powerful. And so moving on to the next part of the outline, which talks about the faces of the word. The word comes in different faces. So we have the written word. How many people came to church with their Bibles? We have the written word. This is one phase of the Bible. Then we have the spoken word of God. That is God speaking to you, all right? And then we have the living word. So those are the three phases. Again, we have the spoken word. We have the written word. And we have the living word. Are you with me? So to establish who the living word is, the living word is God himself. The living word is who? God himself. The Bible says in the book of John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the Bible went on to say in that chapter to say, it said this word was revealed to us in the flesh. So Jesus came as the word of God in manifestation. Hallelujah. So as you behold Jesus, you are actually beholding the living word of God. Amen. Now, there's the written word of God, which is this Bible, is the written word of God. So what has happened is some people have, you know, collated, you know, different writings of the apostles, of the prophets and all that, and put it in this form. But this written form is not powerful until it is breathed upon by the Spirit of God. So the written word is called Logos. In Greek, Logos is L-O-G-O-S. So if you have your manual, I'm sure you can see that, okay? And then the spoken word, which is referred to as Rema, is, you know, it refers to the revealed word of God. Praise God. Now, let me give you an instance. So there's a, there's a portion, before I give you that illustration, there's a portion of the scripture that says that the letter kills. This is the letter. This Bible in your hand. Have you seen people that want to sleep at night? They'll put pillow, Bible under their pillow. In fact, I was reading the story of a lady who said there was a time she used to be tormented in her sleep. And so she was told that the word of God is so powerful. So she brought her, she, you know, she went to buy a brand new Bible. And, you know, she started keeping it under her pillow. She said the first night she did it, it was as if the oppression went to another level. So in her mind, like, seriously, I thought this was supposed to be the word of God. This is paper. Until God breathes upon that word, it doesn't come to life. It is not effective. And so you see people, in fact, when I was, you know, preparing for today's message, I'm like, okay, how can I give an illustration of, you know, the letter kills? I mean, how can you say that the mighty word of God can kill? I mean, I didn't say it. The scripture says it. And imagine that you're reading your scripture one day and then you see greet one another with a holy kiss. And so you get to church and you make an attempt to kiss a sister or you make an attempt to kiss a brother. What's going to happen? Oh my God, you're going to be killed. The kissing is going to kill you. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's literal. The letter kiletto. <laughs> Praise God. But what we are trying to say is much more than what is written in the scripture, you need to engage the spirit of God to make it a revealed word to you. So I remember a time in my life on campus when I needed iron. I mean, I couldn't afford an iron. 
And then I said, God, your word says. I mean, at that time, I had terrible pimples on my face. You know the kind of pimples that your grandmother would be concerned for you? So I had very, very bad pimples. And, you know, at some point, I said, God, they said this, your word can work for anything. So I said, your word says that you're coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. I said, every spot on this face of mine. Now, that's the revealed word. Because from that word, I saw something else. Because prior to that time, that scripture had been used for holiness. If you're not holy, God is going to find you very spotty. But whether holiness or not, I didn't like the spot on my face. And I said, God, your word, I mean, says that you're coming back for a church without spots. I'm a member of that church. I'm a part of the body of Christ. You shouldn't come back and find spots on my face. It sounds like, uh uh-uh, how can you use the word of God for something very carnal? God is very interested in every detail of our lives. It concerned me and so it concerned God. And so I began to declare the word of God about it. And guess what? After a while, I said, uh-uh, they said wrinkled too. I know I'm not wrinkled, but I don't have iron. I said, if I can't, I said, then my clothes should not be wrinkled. Guess what? I got my iron. I got an iron. And somebody can say, maybe it's a coincidence. Well, you can say that. But I'm convinced. The word of God became revealed to me. And if you still do not believe that, I once heard the testimony of a woman whose leg had become, apparently she had a wound that got infected. And so she had something called gangrene. What, is it gangrene? And so she had been scheduled for an operation that would amputate her legs. And then she found this scripture that you will not suffer my feet to be moved. He said, God, your word says that you will not so he said you will not allow. That's the meaning of suffering. He said, Your word says you will not allow my feet to be moved. Whether moved or removed, whatever moving, God, my feet cannot be moved. My feet cannot be removed or be moved from where you originally placed them. And so she used that word of God to prevail in the place of prayer. Before the date of her surgery, she was supernaturally healed. That is the revealed word of God. So the reason why you find the word of God boring is because you've not engaged the spirit of God. So you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you are saying, is it not the same thing they said in the Song of Solomon? Are they even repeating all these things over and over? Why are they repeating this scripture? It's like they've run out of words. It's because the word has not come alive to you. But the word of God is tangible. It is powerful. It has the ability to cause change. Only if you allow the word of God or the spirit of God to breathe on it. So the logos refers to the written word of God, which is this Bible we carry up and down. But the rhema word is that word that the spirit of God has breathed upon the spirit. Now, let me tell you, sometimes you actually hear God say things that are not necessarily in the scriptures. Are you following me? So you have, I mean, at some point in this training, we're going to get into how to hear from God. So God speaks outside. When I say outside the scriptures, I'm saying there are things that maybe are not scriptures. You can't say it can be found in the book of XYZ. But God does speak to our hearts. Like the time God told me after I graduated from school and God said to me, Modupe, you are not to leave campus because you are not done. Uh -uh. What kind of uh, word is that? How can I not be done? I've finished my final exam. I've submitted my project. What is left to be done? That was a spoken word of God. 
Praise God. I'm not going to go into the details of what happened after that. But one of the things you must ensure that you do is, if you hear any word, and I put that in quotes, that is not founded or cannot be confirmed by scriptures, then it is not the word of God. Hallelujah. And that is because people hear things. So the fact that we have said that there is a spoken word and then you are in that place of prayer and you start hearing things and you think it is God talking to you, quickly pick up your scriptures and confirm that word. Are you with me? Are you with me? Praise God. All right. So we said Rema can be a product of Logo or Logos. For Rema to come out of Logos, it takes the Holy Spirit breathing on Logos to make it come alive. John 1, 1 refers to Logos, while Romans 10, 17 refers to the Rema word. All right, it is this Rema that produces faith in the believer. So when I spoke to you about the lady who said, you will not allow my feet to be moved, it was that Rema, it was the revealed word that made faith to rise up in her heart for her healing. Are you following me? All right, so Hebrews 4.12 tells us that Logos itself is active and powerful, but for it to be effective, Rema has to come out of it. Amen. Are we still together? Praise God. So we're going to go now to look at the different names given to the word of God. So number one says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And that tells us that when you find yourself in things we call the battles of life and all that, what you will use to fight. The Bible says the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. So the word of God we are referring to, you know, is also the sword of the spirit. It helps you to fight your one battles. Praise God. Another name given to the word of God is, it's a more sure word of prophecy. We also know it as the truth. We call it the word of faith. We call it the perfect law of liberty. We call it, we refer to it as the scriptures. We call it the law of the spirit of life. We call it light. Hallelujah. The word of God, the Bible says, it said, the, the word of, it said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the word of God actually brings about illumination. Glory to God. So you find yourself in a situation like I found myself many years ago. I liked this guy or I thought we liked each other. And then I found out that my friend also liked the guy. I don't know if they liked each other. But somehow we were in a threefold court. Now, God not being in that court. So it was three people liking, whether themselves or liking one person, I don't even know. And at that point, now the way that story went, yeah, it was me introducing my friend to this guy and somehow... The table just changed. They changed the setting of the game totally. I didn't know where I belonged. I didn't know what, where, where I was. I mean, I was just confused. And then I went to pray someday and I was crying. I said, God, what, what, what is this mess? What is this nonsense? And we're not, uh, it wasn't at the time when I was um, an unbeliever, okay? So it wasn't like I was in the world. I was in, in the world. I was in God. So, and my other friend too, she too, she was in God or she's still in God. So, it was two godly ladies liking one man. So, I'm like, God, how shall these things be? How shall we settle this quarrel? 
It had not become a quarrel yet, but you could sense like, ah, ah, how did you enter that? How, how did it happen? When, when men slept, kind of something. So I went to the place of prayer and I began to pray like, seriously, God, I really can't believe. I've seen it in movies. I can't believe this is happening. And God just said, go to the book of James 3 and say, read it. You know, I was praying for wisdom on what to do because it was so messy and it was so funny. And God said that whatever wisdom you're going to apply, he said there is a wisdom that comes from above. He said it is pure, it is peaceable, it is easy to entreat, it is this, it is full of good fruits. He said whatever you do that doesn't, you can't tick off all these characteristics is not the wisdom of God. At that place, I didn't have to go and ask anybody. I said, God, even if this man was my guy, I saw him as seed. Even if he was the one you, you gummed with my destiny from the foundation of the world, I let it go. Why? Because I found the light in the, God, in the word of God that gave me wisdom to know what to do in that particular situation. And I use that illustration because sometimes we find ourselves in some situations that you feel like the word of God cannot address. But I tell you, there is no darkness that is too dark for the word of God. Because the Bible says that this light shines forth in darkness and darkness cannot overpower it. Glory to God. God's word is light. His word is a lamp unto your feet. So if you do not know, if there's something confronting you today that you do not know what to do about it, I'm telling you, God's word for that situation is right there in the word. And the spirit of God is going to make it come alive to you in Jesus' name. Now, we call the word of God a testimony. We call it the gospel, which means it's the good news. We call it the voice of the Lord. We call it the word of the covenant. We call it the word of the kingdom. We call it the book of the law and we call it mirror. Praise God. So God's word is mirror. How many people use mirror? I thought men would not raise up their hand because the way men do these days, you don't even know. Praise God. The word of God is mirror. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians, it said we all with unveiled faces beholding us in a glass. The same way you look at a mirror and you see how beautiful you are. The same way you look at the mirror and see, oh my goodness, what adjustment do I need to make? Are you with me? You look at the mirror and you'll be like, uh, 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 uh. This eyebrow is not it. It's looking like minus. Let me add it a little bit. Now, the word of God reveals you. Why? Because it's a mirror. Hallelujah. And so you see certain things in the scripture. It reveals things you need to adjust and then you adjust. Do you understand it? Hallelujah. And the word of God is wisdom. Hallelujah. Another, another um, name for the word is, is the incorruptible seed and is the implanted word. Praise God. The beautiful thing about these names is that all of these names reflect the characteristics and the inherent abilities of God's word. You remember that message Pastor T. Preach, he said, you know, God, God is going to show up to you whatever, by whatever name you call him. So if you call him your provider, he's going to show up as the provider. The same way the word of God is what you make it to be. If you call it wisdom, then it's going to be wisdom to you. If you call it light, then it's going to lighten your path. If you call it your medicine, then it's go you're going to find healing in that word. So what name are you going to call the word of God? 
Some call it the good news. Why? Because maybe all their lives they've heard they are not good enough. They've been condemned. They've been found. They've been made guilty. You know, and so they feel bad. But then the word of God sounds like, oh my goodness, is that seriously true? You mean God is this good? Hallelujah. So the word of God is what you make it to be. And so uh, we're moving on to the next portion of the outline. We call it the prevailing word. Hallelujah. Call it the prevailing word. Can I hear you shout it? The prevailing word. You know, I remember many supernaturals ago, we had so mightily grew the word and prevailed. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts 19, that was where, you know, God, well, you know, that was particularly said, that is so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. And so when the word of God is constantly introduced into a place, it grows and it does not just grow, it shows superiority. The word of God can never be suppressed in any situation you put it. Hallelujah. Because in it is capacity for superiority. He said the place might be the heart of a, of a man, a situation, or in a location. But the truth is, it has an inherent ability to prevail. What does it mean to prevail? To prevail means to overcome. Hallelujah. To prevail means what? To overcome. The same way that lady introduced the word of God to her feet that had been infected, the word of God did what? Prevailed. Are you following me? You know, so what is that situation that is confronting you right now? You need to introduce the prevailing word of God so that, you know, it can show superiority and power. Amen. All right, so to prevail also means to subdue and to be greater than something, to show effect. That means God's word has ability to show itself. It has the ability to what? To show itself. The word of God is not the kind of, you know, thing that you sweep under the carpet. It cannot stay under. It rises to the top. Hallelujah. The Bible says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What overcomes, what guarantees faith, or sorry, victory in any life situation is the word of God. Hallelujah. So that thing you think is mighty is not mightier than the word. The only reason why it looks so big is because you've not introduced the prevailing word. The reason why it looks mighty is because you've not introduced the mightier substance, which is the word of God. What are the effects of the word? So fine, I'm ready to introduce the word of God. I'm ready to use the prevailing word of God. But what then? What, what does it do? Number one, the word of God recreates your spirit. So after you may have given your life to Christ, you've gotten born again and all that, the word of God renews your mind. In fact, you cannot be born again except you hear the word of God. It is that word of God that convicts, or convicts a sinner and makes them to say, you know what, I believe the word I've heard. I believe that Jesus indeed came. I believe I, I am a sinner, but right now I accept Jesus. The Bible said, you know, I can't remember the scripture off my head right now, but he referred to, he said, how shall they believe and be converted if nobody is sent to them? If nobody goes and preach to them? Hallelujah. So the word of God has the ability or you know to recreate the spirit and of course i mentioned renewing the mind so now that you're born again now that you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus you still have a lot to do with the word of god the word of god is used to renew your mind another thing the word does it it heals the body hallelujah 
the, the, the other thing, okay, so something else here says, the word of God has the ability to build you up. Praise God. You know, I remember that when Jesus was in the temple, the Bible said when he was with him, you know, leaders of the synagogue, he began to engage them in the laws. You know, he was able, and they were like, what manner of guy is this? What kind of, you know, he was so young in their midst. But what happened was the word of God had built him up. You all of a sudden look wiser than your age is the word of God. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. You see people that are young these days doing stuff and all that. You know, a lot of times if you can, you know, investigate some people, you hear things that people are doing by the word of God. The word of God builds people up. It imparts direction. You know what to do. It's food for your spirit. The word of God liberates, it sets free, and it also releases creative power. Praise God. The Bible says that God upholds all things by the word of his power. Maybe the reason why things look scattered and disorganized, you know, around you today, maybe it's because there is a lack somewhere where the word of God is concerned. Because when you introduce the word of God into that situation, everything is going to begin to fall in place. Hallelujah. So the word of God has the ability to uphold things. And of course, the word of God imparts faith in our spirit. That's why you will never pray that God increase my faith. Praise God. But you can say, God, reveal your word to me. Lord, because the more you are established and grounded, you know, Pastor Taffy was sharing with us, I can't remember if it was last week, grace and peace be multiplied to you according to your knowledge of God. Hallelujah. So the more grounded you get in the word of God, the more your heart is established, the more you are convinced, the more you have confidence in God. Hallelujah. So you, the word of God, we need to understand that that word has the ability to impart faith in our spirit, okay? So the word of God also strengthens us. Amen. Amen. The word of God does what? Strengthens us. I remember when I lost my dad. You know, um, my father died the Sunday before we started exams. That was on the 20th of March in 2005. So it was a Sunday. It was Palm Sunday precisely. And exams were to start um, in school on the 21st of March. And get, I mean, I seriously was devastated. I recall going to meet my lecturer at the time. You know what? I don't think I can do this semester. I need to take some time off. I, I don't mind having an extra semester. You know, but and I left that place. I'm like, God, really? I don't think, I mean, by myself, I couldn't. I couldn't even focus. I couldn't read. But God said to me, he said, a time will come when your colleagues have gone. You're going to come back and say, the reason why I did not finish with my mates was because I lost my father. So your healing, you just postponed your healing because you will keep hurting. Because each time you remember that your friends have gone, right? You will keep telling yourself, I could have graduated if not for, you know? And he said, Dupai, you can do this. And I remember prior to that um, news, you know, God had given me certain words. I remember then Pastor Noel came to campus and he was telling us, rise up as soldiers. Now is your time to take time. He said, some of you are going to run. He kept, I mean, he kept giving certain words that I'd noted. I didn't even know had any bearing. But when that incident happened, I remember, God, nothing just shows up in your life. The word for your victory had been sent before that situation came. So if you're in a place right now and you feel overwhelmed, you feel like, you know what, I can't just even go on, I can't do this, a word had been sent before this day. 
So you need to go back, God, where is my word? Where is the word for this season? Where, because the Bible says that, you know, persecution will arise for the word's sake. The reason why persecution is rising is because a word had even been sent. So I began to dig in that word. I began to ride on that word. And like never before, what I came out of that place with was a revelation of God's fatherhood. I realized that all along, I'd put my trust in my father without never really understanding who, what God's fatherhood meant. Hallelujah. So from that day, I said, you know what? I'm going to make my father proud, both my late father and my, my godfather. Hallelujah. You know, but I'm just trying to use that to tell you how sometimes we can be so help, we feel so helpless. We feel so weak in ourselves. But a lot of times when we look at the word of God, we get strengthened. We are strengthened from within. Hallelujah. So if you experience anything in your life, it's time for you to feed on the word of God and receive strength. Amen. So we're talking now about acting on the word of God. James 1, 21 to 25, it says, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Say, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. It's a bond, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. A lot of people come to church, they hear the word of God, but they don't do it. Hallelujah. He says those kind of people are living in what? Deceit. You come back and you say the word of God is not working. The question is, have you walked the word of God? Have you walked the work, words of God? Hallelujah. Have you acted on that word? What does it mean to act on the word of God? It means literally to act on the word of God. Acting on it is acting on it. So you, how many people act here? The creative ex people. Before your drama, there's always a script, right? And people read the script, and then they are supposed to act out that script. Am I correct? So you read the script, you're supposed to be angry. So somebody just told you whatever in this. So as a character, respond to how you will respond. If somebody steals, you're not going to say, see how you stole my food. You stole my food? Really? Is that, you're going to, that is acting out the word. The same way you will get a script as an actor and actress, or the same way you will execute your boss's instruction. Your boss at work tells you to do X. You say, can I do X, Y, Z? Why? Because you are looking to be promoted. You are looking to get favor. You are looking to do whatever. So are you going to act on the word of God so you derive all the benefits in that word? A lot of people are expecting God to come down and do stuff for them. No, God has done all he needs to do. The, le- the path that is left is what you are going to do with that word. And until you act on the word, it's going to remain logos. It's going to remain ineffective. And that is what happens when a lot of people have had knowledge about the word of God. They don't act on it and they don't see results. They get frustrated. Tell your neighbor, I'm acting on the word of God. Say, I am a doer of the word of God. So the scripture went on in James 1 to say that whoever hears the word of God and does not do it is like the person who looks at himself in the mirror and immediately turns his back and forgets what manner of man he is. How can you look at the mirror? You looked at the mirror. You see your hair is all over the place. You do not adjust it. Nobody will believe that you saw. You looked at the mirror now. Am I correct? And people, you're going to go and people are going to be calling you names. 
Can you imagine? So this one stepped out like this. They won't even insult your family members. Now, wow. So you don't have people that can tell you the truth. You didn't see yourself. Why? Are you blind? Why? Because you've, act, you've not acted on what you saw in the word. Are you with me? So you are going to take actions by the word. So we said here that the word does not work automatically. It only works wonders when it is worked by the, by the believer. It is active and alive on the lips of a new creation. You need to build it consciously into your life until it becomes a part of you. Tell your neighbor, the word of God is becoming a part of me. In fact, said, I have become one with the word of God because I constantly interact and engage the word for my effective living in the name of Jesus. He said, as the word is continually acted upon and done willfully, it prevails over the senses. Praise God. I remember then I was trying to give an illustration of when God told me to stay back on campus and not to leave school. It sounded crazy to me. How do you tell somebody that's graduated when I'm not SUG? It's SUG people in Ife that finish school and don't go because Tangboroto is 10 naira. Praise God. So I went to meet my pastor then, Pastor Chase. I said, Pastor Chase, have you heard this thing before? Don't leave school. Stay. I said, it's not in the Bible, so don't tell me to go and look at the Bible. It's not there, sir. But have you heard it before? He said, no. I said, maybe the zeal of the house of the Lord has consumed me. I'm so passionate about kingdom. I'm hearing things. I said, you know what? Let me step out of this environment. You people have used your spirit to overwhelm me. So I took a break and I went home. I was at home when I got a call that somebody gave a word in church that Pastor Duke's time is not over. That very day. I packed my bag. My mother said, hey, that your name? I said, they should send it to, for NYC that they will help you process uh, your... Some, I said, mommy, I'm not going for NYC. Mommy said, I don't understand. Do you have something? I said, no, God told me to stay back on campus. She said, to do what? I said, I don't know yet. That that's where I'm going. Mommy said, you are going. You mean your mates are moving forward, you are going back? I said, even me, I don't understand. I said, but God said I should go back. So she said, anyway, I've trained you the way every mother would train. If you like, do progress. If you like, don't progress. And I left. She didn't give me a dime. So I just found my way back to Ife. Guess what? Two weeks after, they made an announcement. Nobody is going to be mobilized for NYC. Nobody was mobilized for NYC. But I got that memo. December 2007. It wasn't announced until February 2018. How did I get it in the place of the word? And I acted on that word. And I was asking myself, what if I disobeyed? How would I have felt? A lot of times we don't know what we miss by not obeying God. We don't know what we miss by not acting on the word of God. But you should not discover what you will miss. But rather, you should enter that word and run with that word. Pastor Yinka was sharing with us on Wednesday of how he used the, the 13 prophecies in 2013 to wage a good warfare in his, in his house. He was so serious, he was waiting for 14 prophecies in 2014. But it didn't come because it's not by 13 prophecies. <laughs> Praise God. Once you continually act on the word of God, it will prevail. Hallelujah. It prevails over your senses. So it's no longer about what you feel is right. It's no longer about what you feel is convenient. It's not about whatever. You just want to do the word. And it begins to show its effect in your life as we listed earlier. Praise God. So how do I act on the word? By practicing the injunctions of the scriptures. By meditating on the word of God. If you say, God, your word says, that my feet will not be removed 
Is it removed or moved? Moved. Whether moved, removed. Okay, so my feet, you mean this feet cannot be removed? So I lay, I mean, you know, interact with the word of God. Think about, that's what meditation is about. Pondering over the word of God over and over again. Obeying the word of God is another way you act on the word of God. And of course, confessing the word. Hallelujah. Now we want to talk about renewing the mind by the word of God. Can I quickly have my water, my cup, my stone? We want to do practicals. How many people run away from science? Science students in the house, be careful what you raise up your hand. You know, if you do hashtag science students now, you know what that is? Be very careful. But I mean, if you studied science in secondary school, some people know science students. Don't be a science student. Google science students. Praise God. Oh, okay. So we want to do something. So we want to talk about renewing our mind with the word of God. So imagine that this is your mind. Are you with me? This is what? The mind. All right? This water represents life, situations, things we've exposed ourselves to, word, whether on TV, gist, gossip, sport, whatever. And so as we expose ourselves, our minds are being filled with those things. Are you watching me? And then... Our heart is so filled with these things we expose ourselves to. So there's an experiment. What I'm trying to do was something we did in senior secondary school back in the days. It's called the principle of flotation. Archimedes principle. Which says that, you know, let me, let me go a little. Are you following me? How many people remember the area of a square? Length times It's, uh-uh, we don't have old. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, I should ask the new. Are you old? You can't remember secondary school? Okay, so for a square, for you to get the area of a square, it's what? Length times breadth. Of course, that applies to a rectangle as well. If you want to do for a circle, you have pi d squared over 4, or you have pi r squared. Now, but this shape, we don't even know what to call it. Is it a prism? Is it a rectangle? Is it a kite? I'm shapeless. But you know what? Science said it is actually possible for us to get the area of the stone. So science tells us what the density is. All right? That is the mass over volume. I'm trying to flex my muscle. I'm an engineering student. I'm not a science student. All right. So for me to get the weight of this, um, what's it called? This stone, I need to immerse it. You see? Can you see some part of it? If this stone was smaller, you will see it is displacing water, is it not? So this stone is like the word of God, eh? As you introduce it, it displaces. Irrespective of how full. And it can only displace to the degree that it is, it is immersed. It says, the principle says that a body would displace its own mass of, its, of the fluid in which it is partially or fully immersed. So right now it is partially immersed in it. So what I can do is to gather the water that has been displaced, do some math about it, use the volume to get the weight of this stone that displays that water. Thank you very much. Imagine your heart as that glass of water. 
A lot of things are inside your mind right now that introducing the word of God is what will displace them. That is what renewing your mind is. And it can only be renewed to the degree that you introduce the word of God. Why? Because the word of God will only displace the impurity in our heart to the degree that you allow it, whether partially or fully. A lot of people are doing partial. But are you going to allow the word of God to fully penetrate your heart? For as long as we are in this world, my people, there will be reason for you to fight for your mind. Because sometimes you don't want to look, you hear. You don't, we've not even found the solution to that hearing one. Somebody said, you get to your office, you use hair plug. After a while, your hair won't block. So you unplug the something. And then they are gossiping about your boss and then you hear what you don't want. I mean, I'm just saying, do you understand what I'm saying? So it is our responsibility and duty to keep renewing our mind. You can't say I renewed it last year, my sister. In fact, the pollution within the last few months is worse. If you hear how animals have been doing so, you, how many people would have believed the animal can swallow money? But now we know. <laughs> we need to renew our mind because it's not possible. Imagine that kind of something. Praise God. So when a man gets born again, his spirit is recreated and a new life begins. But his way of thinking, imagine what you have gotten used to over time doesn't change overnight and so you know like your spirit changes immediately your mind doesn't get renewed or doesn't change immediately so the bible says in the book of romans 12 2 he said and be not conformed to this world that is do not subdue or submit or subject your standard to the standards of this world. But rather, it said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It did not say you'll be transformed by a renewed mind. It said you'll be transformed by a renewing, a renewing, an ongoing process, a continued process, a sustained process by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Praise God. He says our conforming to the world or the word is as a result of what is in our minds. The same way you see, that stone did not dissolve. The word of God cannot be dissolved in that situation. It has a superior capacity. It displaces, it doesn't dissolve. Hallelujah. The word of God is not problem soluble. Are you following me? It doesn't mix, it doesn't dissolve, it doesn't disappear in the face of problem. The Bible says that the mountains keep like lambs in the presence of our God. Not that the word of God keeps in the presence of mountains. Praise God. And so, consciously and continuously submitting to the authority of the word of God to change our old and wrong thought pattern is very key to having a renew, renewed mind. Alright? So, meditation is a major part of this process. And meditation is about filling your mind and thoughts with God's word. Alright? Allowing the word of God to change your pattern of thinking. And how do you renew your mind? By studying the word of God by meditation, by confessing the word of God and being, excuse me, a doer of the word. All right, so we want to move now to guarding your heart. You know, we talked about, you know, the ears, you know, you hear things, you see things. And we talk about those things as the, as the primary gateway to our hearts. The things that you think of are things you've either heard before. Am I correct? 
things you've been told before, things you've heard before, or things you've seen. So your eyes and your ears are the primary entry, you know, into your heart. So it takes, we need to be responsible to protect our hearts, protect our spirits from contamination of the world. And the benefits that come through the word of God can only be enjoyed when we diligently guard our hearts. Praise God. If we read the book of 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, the Amplified Version says, Therefore, since these great promises are ours, all right, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates and defiles our body and spirit. Let us bring our consecration to completeness in the reverential fear of God. So it's our duty to guard our hearts, to guard our hearts. I remember at a time when I needed to do away with, you know, friends I wasn't interested in. At some point, I remember I would get into my house, my parents' house at the time. I would lock, you know, pedestrian gates. You know that small gates, most houses. It's very scarce in Lagos. Pedestrian gates. It's very scarce in Lagos. Anyways, the gates, <laughs> we said gates, LSA. <laughs> the gates that LSA, like pedestrian car cannot enter, okay? Gate LSA. Not the gate LSA. You know, so the pedestrian gate is that small gate. You know, so a lot of times I will go out, you know, through the pedestrian gate. I will um, lock the main gate from outside, come in from that and lock it inside. So when my friends come, they just look at the gate like, oh God, there's nobody at home. Without knocking, without anything. You know, a lot of times we want to deal away with bad friends. And then you're like, how will I tell them without hurting them? No, it's just to reduce contact. Don't be available. Just don't be available. Don't, you don't have to deal with how do I say it. You don't have to say it. Just be unavailable. Ah, we're going out to this. Ah, really? Oh my God, and I'm going somewhere. I won't be able to make it. And just gradually start easing yourself out. If you need, I remember there was a time I had to stay away from TV. Even till now, I tell people, I'm always on my laptop in my room. But then again, I was talking to Pastor Taffy recently. I don't know if I'm stealing from. <laughs> but you know, a lot of times we deal with the external contamination. But there is a contamination within. All right. There are things that come out as a, they've been deposited over time. So it's not even the one you are seeing today. The residual of the ones you are still dealing with. What we are saying is be aware of your thoughts. Take charge of your thinking. And whatsoever things are pure, are holy, and of good report, those are the things you should permit around you. Hallelujah. And finally, we're looking at self-delusion. Who is the person that is self-deluded? The person who hears the word and does nothing about it. So imagine that I tell you now that $1 million has been credited into your account. Imagine that as the word of God. And then you still go about meeting your friends like, please, can you borrow me 1,000 naira? The way this hunger is doing me, I'm so hungry. They've told you you have $1 million in your account, but you're still going about begging for 1,000 naira. That is somebody that is self-deluded. You, you they've told you, did you hear me? You gave the account number. They deposited the money. You got the alert, but you've, you are not acting on the word by getting dressed up to go to the bank, fill the withdrawal form, and get some money. They would rather beg than go to the bank. That is the self-deluded person. The self-deluded person is the prince who does not know that he has authority over the slaves in his father's kingdom. 
is that believer who doesn't know that he or she has been given authority over the kingdom of darkness. And so the devil, sickness, poverty, and all the agents of the world are lording it over them. And they are so, so allowing it. Why? Because even though they have heard the word, they are not acting on it. And so it is not mixing with faith in their heart and so not producing results. But that, that, that person is not here today in Jesus' name. So in conclusion... We quickly talk about self-delusion as hearing and not doing the word of God. Jesus likened the man that does the word to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Tribulations, trials, and challenges will come our way, but the word of God will empower you to stand undisturbed. It's not enough to hear the word, but we must go ahead to actually live the word. The word is to be acted upon until its effect are seen. The self-deluded man hears the word but does not do it. So he sees no result and begins to profound devil-inspired theory. This man has deceived himself. I declare that is not our portion in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, of Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.